I hope you are all doing absolutely amazing today. Uh, we're going to be picking up on part two of our three-part series on the ministry of angels. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to part one before jumping into part two as it really lays the biblical foundation for the ministry of angels in the life of the believer, how we see it all throughout Scripture. Uh, and it's just so important and so prevalent in our lives today. However, this part, uh, part two, is titled, The Word of the Lord Through the Angelic. And so again, our key scripture for this entire series is going to be in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve or assist those who are to inherit salvation? So again, who are those who inherit salvation? They're us, the believers, the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. We are inheriting salvation because of what Jesus did on the cross. And angels are all ministering spirits sent to serve or assist us in what? Fulfilling the will of God, destiny, calling, and bringing glory to Jesus. So again, in this lesson, we're going to be discussing angelic assistance in hearing the word of the Lord. Revelations chapter 14 verse 6 says this, Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. I love this because here you see an angel assisting, bringing the eternal gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to proclaim it on the earth to every nation, tribe, language, and and people. As scripture records, we see that angels carry the very voice and message of God. You know, the word angel in Hebrew is actually the word malak. And what it means is a messenger, one who is sent with a message, an ambassador, or an envoy. So in its very name, angels are messengers, one who carry and bring a message on the behalf of another. In Job 4, uh, verses 14 through 17, it says this, Fear came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern the form. Therefore, an image was before my eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? I love this because here you see an angel passes before Job and he knows it's there. He can sense it. The fear of the Lord comes upon him and he starts to tremble so much so that the hair on his body stands up. I experience this as well when angelic come in the room often. Uh, the, the hair on the back of my neck will stand up or my body will begin to tremble. We see all throughout scripture when the angelic appear, they often have to say, do not fear. This is the response of our mortal bodies to a being that stands in the presence of the almighty God. Uh, and you see Job, he can't quite make out its exact form, but he knows something is standing there. Then he hears a voice. The angel releases to him the words of the Lord. I've had almost an exact parallel experience to what Job was experiencing, where at one time I was in uh, my office before I went into full-time ministry. Uh, I ran a, a shoe store for about four years, Red Wing Shoe Store. And 
I'm in there with one of my dear friends and him and I are standing there and we're just talking about the uh, life and just uh, conversing. And then all of a sudden this form came into the room. And when he came into the room, you could feel the fear of the Lord. The Bible says that one of the seven spirits of God is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And it actually says in Isaiah that his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And so when the angels would come in often in scripture, you see it when they, they step on the scene, they have to say, fear not one, because people are like awestruck. Here's this being, sometimes they're massive. Sometimes they're looking like they got four faces, eyes all over their body. I mean, sometimes they look like a man shining like white, but like Job sees it. Sometimes there's just a silhouette, but you could sense its presence. And so this angel comes into the office where we're at, right in between us and you can make out a silhouette but you couldn't see fully the man but you could feel the presence of the almighty god the fear of the lord on him and instantly we fell into reverence and begin to worship god and adore god not the angel but god we began to worship jesus and that angel both spoke to us in a different way uh you'll see also in zechariah chapter 1 verses 7 through 9 on the 24th day of the 11th month, the, the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Ido. During the night I had a vision, and there before me was a man mounted on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in a ravine. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses. I asked, What are these, my lord? The angel who was talking with me answered, I will show you what they are. So I love this because here you see Job standing there uh, and he and, and the angel comes and manifests before him in like a silhouette. But then you see Zechariah and he's actually having a vision and an angel comes in a vision. And it clearly says the angel who was talking with me answered me. So again, we see here an angel bringing the word of the Lord to man. Obviously, we don't worship angels, but scripture is riddled with accounts of man having dialogue with the angelic. In Daniel chapter 8, verses 15 through 18, it says, While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there before me stood one who looked like a man. And I heard a man's voice from the Uli calling, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. As he came near the place where I was standing, I was terrified and fell prostrate. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision concerns the time of the end. While he was speaking to me, who is he? He is the angel Gabriel. While he was speaking to me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me and raised me to my feet. So I love this because again, here we see another dynamic of the angelic coming while he's in a deep sleep. Daniel's in, falls, falls prostrate and literally falls asleep. And the angel is speaking to him while he's in a deep sleep. So he's hearing the angel and he's receiving a message directly from the angel, directly from the Lord. Then he touches him and raised him up to his feet. And like I shared in part one, I've experienced this as well, where I was in a hotel room uh, after an event and I was really tired and I was just starting to fall asleep and an angel come and he touched me. It was like you jolted. It was like you injected me with a triple shot of espresso. I mean, I was wide awake. Uh, so here we have Daniel who has received a vision from God 
and he is contemplating the meaning, trying to understand it. And God sends the angel Gabriel to reveal to him the interpretation. Not only does he reveal the understanding and interact with Daniel through dialogue, but he also reaches out and touches Daniel. If Daniel, who was a prophet under the old covenant, was having these kind of encounters, how much more can we, when Hebrews says, we have a better covenant with better promises? Even the Apostle Paul knew this could happen. In Galatians uh, chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But even if we, or another angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be under God's curse. He is not saying not to hear from angels, but if they preach another gospel, then to reject it. But by even making this statement, he is confirming that angels appearing to men is a possibility. It must have been happening quite often if he felt the necessity to make mention of it. We do not reject all angels. Remember, the devil appears as an angel of light. But there are, in fact, good angels of light looking to assist us in hearing the voice of God, performing his word, and helping us walk out our destiny. If evil angels, which are demons, have the ability to speak and influence man, how much more so do our Father's holy angels? You know, I'm reminded uh, of a testimony of one of our local community members who had been suffering from really bad sinus infection, so much so they were actually having leakage out of their eye. And they were suffering, so they came over to uh, to my house and asked for prayer. I uh, just pulled up in the car. And I walked out. She rolled down the window. I just laid my hands on her and prayed for her. She said, Lord, I just received this healing. Well, she said she left my house and didn't get further than the, the second street over. And as she did, all of a sudden she started seeing yellow orbs and she started having these beams of light uh, she saw come out of her eye, the eye that was infected. And she said instantly all the all of the, the suffering she had, all of the liquid she had, all of the pressure in her sinuses completely left. God healed her. And as the Bible says, you know, the devil comes and he manifests as an angel of light. But but we, there are angels of light that move and operate within the kingdom, watching over God's word to perform it. And that's simply what happened. We believe God heals. We The Bible says that if you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. I laid my hands on her. I prayed. And the angelic came and assisted in performing the word of the Lord and brought healing to this precious woman. It's just in a miraculous moment where we see the ministry of angels obeying and responding to the word of the Lord. Let's move on. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, so again, here we see an angel speaking to a human. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How is this? How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. 
The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born and be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You know, what would happen if Mary had rejected this visitation from an angel? If she had not responded and obeyed the word of the Lord brought to her by Gabriel, all of humanity could have been impacted. This is such a beautiful example of how the angelic operates in our lives, bringing the word of the Lord, pointing us to Jesus, and always glorifying God. I absolutely love this encounter. You know, often when there is a very important message that the Lord is trying to bring. He chooses to do it through the angelic. I mean, here you have the birth of the Savior being announced to his mother. And, and what does God entrust it with? Who does God entrust this message with? But an angel who brings the message of the Lord and speaks to a human. Let's take a look at the account of Peter and Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 22. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel spoke to him, had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and watched something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius, the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him, to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests.
you know, it's super interesting, especially in today's time. I wonder how many of us, if somebody showed up at our door and said, yeah, I'm here because an angel sent me to come get you. How many of us would respond to that with reverence towards God or, or would we respond to it with fear and think they're absolutely out of their mind? Unfortunately, I feel in the body of Christ, we have uh, neglected or uh, called strange the ministry of angels. And many of us, uh, if we're honest, would respond like, dude, you are out of your mind. Get out of here. But you see Peter here saying, oh, man, God is at, at, at work. He he identified the, the angel coming and speaking to Cornelius as God moving, and he accepted it and invited them into his house as guests. Peter then goes on to Cornelius' house and shares the gospel with him and his family, making them the first Gentiles to receive the gospel. If Cornelius hadn't received and responded to the word of the Lord brought to him by the angel, it could have postponed the gospel coming to the Gentiles. There are many other accounts of angels assisting the children of God in spreading the gospel. Philip, Peter, and Paul all received assistance from the angelic. If Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as his word says, then he still desires to communicate through his holy messengers, the angels. I believe in this hour, God desires so much that we would be open to hear from him in this way. In the same way we test all spirits when we are testing prophetic words or even the voice of God for our own life, we must test any angelic activity and reject whatever may be contrary to the word of God, but hold fast and respond to what isn't. My hope is that we would be open and discerning to the angelic activity in our lives and that through it we might better advance the gospel of Jesus Christ and excel in our destinies. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the ministry of angels. God, I pray that we would just be open. God, that we would be receptive. God, that we would have faith in your word and be bold to step out in faith, God, and respond and obey after testing what we hear, Lord. That when we've tested it and it's shown to be the word of the Lord, we would respond and be open to hearing your word through the avenue of ministering spirits. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. I hope you have an amazing day.